Futurized goes beneath the trends to track the underlying forces of disruption in tech, policy, business models, social dynamics, and the environment. I'm your host, Trun Arne Unheim, futurist and author. In episode 13 of the podcast, the topic is cybersecurity, review of the RSA Asia Pacific and Japan 2020 virtual event. The RSA conference is one of the most important cybersecurity conferences of the year. What I thought I would do is give a review of the virtual learning experience that they're providing for the RSA conference 2020 for Asia, Pacific, and Japan, which uh, happened in the middle of July 2020. Because of COVID-19, this was a virtual event only, and they Organizers went through the interesting step of making the entire event available for free. I have just registered and I have this pretty neat screen here. Looks pretty appealing. There is a welcome uh, video, which I could click on from the director of the conference. There's even an orientation video, which I'm guessing is either about this whole virtual learning experience or a orientation for the conference itself. Um, we'll check that out in a second. Um, the agenda is, is a, it's a full agenda of keynotes. I think there are some 60 keynotes and I seem to be able to watch them right here. Um, and I thought I would just browse through here and check what kinds of topics that have been tackled in cybersecurity this year. So I can immediately see, just click on the full agenda that they have different tracks. Uh, there's a track for cloud, mobile, and IoT security. There's one for strategy and architecture, for software products, and for DevOps. So those seem to be the tracks. Let's see what else I can glean here without kind of going into the full thing. So there are some 60 keynotes, just kind of clicking my way over here. It seems like they have featured just a few of them. So there's one here on reality check cybersecurity story. One from Ann Johnson from Microsoft on the rise of digital empathy. And then we have, I guess they have embedded the Hugh Johnson show. I don't know what that is. I'll take a look in a second. Mm, the next thing they want us to look at is a leaderboard. Now, I haven't really done this before. I don't know what this refers to. Um, I'm guessing it's some sort of activity that they have uh, either on the event itself or previously, and people are getting points. And I can see some people here have points. I don't know if that's because they were engaging with this event or not. So I think that's a little poorly explained how to play all right so there it goes leaderboard rules i think i already have 50 points because you log in that's 50 points this is interesting so they're trying to gamify the experience of a conference all right well that makes sense but we're all adults so how are we going to do this attending the day one keynote i don't know exactly what attending counts as but you can get 100 points wonder if I have to stay there for the whole thing. Yep, 
calculate after an activity has been completed and take up to 30 points, 30 minutes for your total points to update. All right. Well, that's interesting. And then there is a community partner resource. You can do favorites and basically you can do track sessions. You can download the agenda. Okay. This is a neat overview of the different tracks. So let's say I'm interested in global insights. All right. So it seems like you go straight to the sessions themselves. That's an interesting choice. I mean, they have essentially taken a conference program and just put it on a digital format, but have, they have used a fairly sort of traditional um, scheduling. So it's almost like, you know, they have kept the days. So it says like, you know, July 17th, now on demand. So I'm guessing that this was a little bit improvised. Um, I'm not going to click myself into this yet. But it is interesting how this whole thing seems to work. Navigation is pretty simple. I did listen to some of the quick glance sessions that they had uh, right before I registered. Um, what I noted there, and the, they call it quick looks, I noted there that the quality varied quite a bit in the different speakers in terms of they mostly had their PowerPoint slides up and then they there was a little camera in the corner uh, and but the sound was variable some people didn't have really good microphones so so I guess that's going to be an adjustment uh, as uh, all speakers start investing in, in sound equipment so that that's kind of interesting now, that's a very small problem um, and I think it's very fixable in terms of all virtual events and we must all be going through this adjustment as we realize that many, many events will, will be virtual for, for the time being. Well, I was actually able to pull up the full agenda. Um, I think this is actually on the website that I have open in a different browser. But um, yeah, so as for the agenda, it's a, it's a three-day conference, which of course, um, you know, now makes no sense. But um in terms of the agenda they have planned and just it's much easier to actually look at this this agenda here so they definitely in terms of topics you know there are the tracks that we just mentioned um they had some ask the expert roundtables which obviously won't you know uh, won't, won't happen uh virtually in the same way but um yeah let's let's click on one of the events and and see what happens maybe maybe first just looking through some of these cyber supply chain security that's obviously very relevant these days um can policing prevent cyber crime is uh one, one of the presentations here inside the mind of a hacker well that's a traditional one um let's go to the global insights track which was I thought I hack your cybersecurity career drone penetration testing. That's interesting. So we're starting to get cybersecurity of drones now. Let's see if we can go to track different sessions. All right. Let's go to cloud uh, mobile and IoT security. Well, this seems to be all about um what's this one 
zero trust architectures, uh, jigsaw puzzle, attack, cloud safeguarding, small cells and smaller devices. So this is about 5G and IoT device security. Well, you know, lots of interesting topics here. It's sort of hard to prioritize very quickly and click my way in. Let's see, analytics. Um, through the eyes of the adversary, how to build a threat intelligence program. Uh, that looks pretty interesting. Intelligence sharing for infrastructure resiliency. Uh, countering persistent threat actors, uh, both in APAC and globally. Um, and then a session on threat hunting. So lots of different topics. In terms of e-fraud, Two weeks with a Russian ransomware cell. Security basics. It looks like a good intro session. Cyber espionage. Uh, the hacking people's minds. So sort of trying to get inside of the hacker's mind. Other than that, yeah. Building safety. I would say, you know, in terms of a virtual event, it just becomes much more important to have short and very descriptive titles. So my feedback here would be that it is actually much harder online than it is in a program or when you can kind of quickly sift through it or, or prepare beforehand. Um, so some of these titles, uh, to me, the interface isn't really optimal. Um, you can't really quickly click your way in and out of it and, uh, and open it up. I just click on one of them and see what happens. All right, so it seems to open up a media player. Luckily, that was paused by my system. But anyway, so the slides show up, the speaker bio, at least the name and picture of the speaker. There's a slide discussion thing here. I don't know how that would work, but anyway. And then I do see slides. Let's see. So it's a 30 minute presentation. Let's just route. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> right. So this is Peter Dunhue, founder of Secure Code Warrior to stop repeating common security mistakes. Uh, yeah, that's true. All right, so let's just see. So he is reacting to the duct tape approach. Well, this is not so bad. I mean, had I been super interested in this particular um, presentation, I have to say this, this is not a horrible interface. I, I do get the media player. It looks to me that I can, yep, I can get a full screen if I want to just see the speaker and I can keep it minimized. Um, seems like, can I toggle all elements? I can actually, well, it's not that easy. It's not like the whole screen is just kind of, uh, becomes very manageable, but I'm sure I could 
toggle the sizes a little bit here. Anyway, I guess I could either focus on the person speaking or I could focus on the slides or both and I can kind of minimize and, and maximize. So if I want to see the just the slides, I can do that. And now my slides are full screen or I can just see the speaker. And the speaker is like we are getting used to these days. You know, he's sitting in his bedroom or whatever it is and uh, it's that familiar COVID experience that we're getting. All right, so that was pretty interesting. I would say, you know, we're not there yet. This is not how we are going to spend the next decade, at least not how I'm going to spend the next decade. But it was not a bad interface. I mean, this is not just thrown together. The guys here at uh, Dell, because I believe it's Dell that owns the RSA conference, they have done a good job, uh, as might be expected. I mean, it's the leading cybersecurity conference in the world, arguably. Would I attend this? Would I spend a lot of time browsing around versus, you know, if I had gone there? I mean, definitely the experience is very different. It, this is, you know, not the same by, by any stretch of, of imagination, but it does provide, it does a good job at providing the basic content it looks visually okay and the videos you know everything is playing fine so from a technical level it works i think i think just um, you know there are some tweaks that are going to be need to be done uh, by the software providers of these services this says powered powered by on24 Let's see if I can find more information about this provider. That was not easy. Help. FAQ. Well, virtual environment support phone. That's a good thing. So there is a help FAQ section. You can get email support from these guys at on24.com. I'm going to actually Google on. 24.com let's see what they say over here digital first events are the new normal the on 24 platform powers live always on and personalized experiences yeah well so i guess they are a webinar platform where business gets done well, from that perspective, uh, definitely the branding of the event, you know, very much comes through. That's for sure. And yeah, it's possible to attend this event. No doubt. No doubt. Is it mind blowing? Probably not. I am thinking that there are a number of things that we need to improve. It doesn't seem very easy to kind of just meander between events and connect with people in the audience obviously so uh and now i mean i'm clicking on this after the event is over so that's obviously a whole other issue but um yeah i guess so here's what it says uh by default attendees can only see your first name 
So that's a whole other story, right? This is a cybersecurity conference. A lot of people don't really want to be recognized here walking around. Um, session chats. Right. So I think what they were assuming here is that, that people were actually attending this lie, which some people might have done. And uh, you can take away some of the interesting documents. You can click a download button and download the content. I think that is very useful, right? So that is one aspect that I think is going to become more prevalent with these events. You know, you're adding functionality that just either wasn't available for the real event or was more cumbersome or was kind of an afterthought for these other live events. So here they're now, I'm assuming at least that they were providing that real time. So if you were listening to a presentation, they already had it uploaded. And, and you know, if you're interested, you can just download it right, right away. That would at least be, you know, a little bonus um, in, in all of the trouble that we have with running virtual events. I will say, you know, it's very focused on kind of getting deep and dirty into the events. I would have expected a lot more contextual content. What do I mean by that? Well, the website itself, which is kind of outside of this environment. So this is just the show itself. The problem is this, when you're in this uh, on 24 show, you don't really want to go out of it. So if I'm going in there and I kind of want more context, I'm, you know, I want to figure out, you know, how long has RSA had these events? I want to get some of the information that you typically get from a website. So I would say, if you're going to have an event provider like this, you need to be careful to make enough linkages into your own content and put enough content there so that you can actually navigate this event as a full-fledged experience that also gives you the context. Because right now, um, a lot of the descriptions that I would have expected and, uh, well, definitely, you know, all of the media coverage and a lot of other things that you expect on an event website just isn't there. So this clearly is not thought of as a full event website. It's thought of as something different. It could be me could be my preference because, you know, obviously you can just click your way out and you can get the good old website experience and, you know, you can click on names and, and, and also go to external links. So maybe I'm asking too much here, but there's something just a little bit iffy about being inside of this environment that feels very non-internet, um, which I guess makes sense because you, you don't, you know, you're in a logged in environment. Well, I don't know how helpful this is. Um, definitely wanted to get a better sense of who these 60 speakers were at RSA this year and get a real good sense of what topics they were covering. So I feel like definitely from inside of that player, you, you'd have to really navigate around and, and it's geared towards, you know, I'm here's the person I want to hear or here's a presentation title I like and then clicking on it and attending it. That's a very sort of instrumental view of, of a conference versus what we're actually doing when we attend events, right? We come there, we're there mostly for the networking, most of us anyway. 
We want to catch some of the topics. We want to move in and out. It's just a little bit more seamless. Anyway, um, so you would have to go back to the website actually to get a, a clearer sense of, you know, the experience itself and what, you know, the overview of the the event and more of the the PR stuff, I guess, also, which which is such important context for for these kinds of of events. Well, that's what I had for now. So I would say as a virtual environment, it's, uh, you know, it's getting there. It's definitely interesting. And I think there is an enormous scope for improvement here because this may have been a solution that worked well if you were offering this as a alternative. But when it is the only thing, when you actually cannot attend the event, this is a virtual event. I don't know that it is the same. I, I really don't. Um, one thing, surprisingly, and I don't know if that was by design or not, but all the sponsors and community partners were much more visible on the website than in this application. I'm trying to kind of navigate back to find that. Community partner resources. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, in resource center. So if you kind of wanted to look at who the sponsors are, and, you know, in, in all of these, there are booths, right, traditionally. But um, it was almost hard to find these logos that I had expected, which, you know, the, the sponsors of of the partner, the, the partner logos. But I did find them actually in this uh, event app. So that's good. You know, some of the names that are supporters of cybersecurity and... Okay, full agenda. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long... Oh, well, it turns out you can actually expand the screen and see more. You can actually drag it out to see the full topics. That's actually pretty useful. So I take that back. It, it does take a little tinkering to, to understand the navigation of this whole system. You know, again, it's, it's not really a web environment, but maybe I was expecting too much. So here I was actually able to expand it and I have a big screen here in front of me. So now I can at least see the full titles, even if they are long uh, conference presentation titles. Uh, that helps quite a bit. All right. Well, that was my quick little view on uh, the RSA virtual event for 2020. You have just listened to episode 13 of the Futurized podcast with host Trunar Nevenheim, futurist and author. The topic was cybersecurity, a review of the RSA Asia Pacific and Japan 2020 virtual event. My takeaway is that taking part in a virtual event during COVID-19 is necessary and interesting, but it's not how we are going to spend the next decade. The virtual interface is okay, but not great. It lacks a lot of the contextual clues 
that you find in live events or indeed even in websites. There is enormous scope for improvement to make it more seamless. Navigating it takes a bit too much tinkering. Having said that, it was a nice job done. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, subscribe at futurized.co or in your preferred podcast player and rate us with five stars. Futurized, preparing you to deal with disruption.